The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Salutations, possums. Welcome to Offensive Points Week 3. We're going to go in some, some DraftKings lineups, some daily guys that we like, and uh, Billy and I are going to talk about some IDP news, just some general thoughts that we have as an organization regarding the players on the other side of the football. Josh is at a St. Louis City soccer game tonight and will not be joining us, but uh, it'll be fun. Billy and I got you, man. So, Billy, what's up, man? A lot less hot air on the podcast this week, Joe. Let's just, let's just start out there. A lot less a smooth hot air. Sailing. Smooth sailing. Yeah, this is, these podcasts this week are going to be a lazy river of content. We're just going to go with the flow. Very chill, vibed out session. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty happy to be here. I'm, I'm glad that we can discuss these DFS plays because there's some good DFS plays and some actually pretty decent ID, good IDP notes that I think people are going to want to hear. Yeah, I think I think week three is finally where we're going to start seeing the trends for the remainder of the season here. Um, this first two weeks, I always consider it preseason. It's always sloppy and nasty, but we're starting to see some trends that we can actually build on now. So this is the fun part of the season for me. It's true. Well, Joe, here's the thing. The trend I'm not liking to see is devastating, potentially career-ending injuries happening every week because – of course, now we have another one to add to the list. We had Aaron Rodgers in week one, and now Nick Chubb has a devastating knee injury that I don't know if he can come back from. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and did he hurt asking, knee in college? He did. He did. It was yeah. bad. It was really bad then. We didn't know what he was going to be coming out of college. And so for it to happen to the same knee again, I just, oof, I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. I don't get super nauseated coming to when it comes to injuries and stuff. But, medical family i'm used to seeing or hearing about that stuff but man i mean his leg looked like a carpenter square and that was that was nasty i don't i don't ever want to see something like that again and just you know we'll get into this more in the next podcast but just like when he comes back he's gonna be 29 and you just you know he's not gonna have the same power and drive and everything like that he has had for his entire career so far so it's just kind of a bummer, like sour note. And this is the same feeling we had after Aaron Rodgers in week one, where we're just like, we had this high hope for the Jets. We were like, going to see him finally, you know, on a team, not with the Packers. Like this is just, it's just a new 
Another thing, and I, it sucks, but the Jerome Ford era has begun in Cleveland um, for all intents and purposes right now. He looked absolutely awesome against the Steelers. I know the Steelers have been just atrocious yeah. against the run so far, but watching him work, I mean, there were several times where he had nothing and he ended up getting like 10, 12 yards on the other side of that. It was impressive to watch. So I think Cleveland is absolutely sold on it. Stefanski came out and said that he is going to be the featured back and that Kareem mm-hmm. Hunt, because they did sign him today, is going to, you know, work in complimentary there. role. Yep. I, I'm excited for this uh, Jerome Ford era. And if you have him on your taxi squads, good job. Yep. You, you done good, kid. Okay. Let's get to the DFS plays for the week. If you are excited about IDP, it'll be in the back half of this podcast. Um, I won't give you a timestamp because I don't know it yet. So let's start with the DFS plays this week, Joe. Um, honestly, I think we should have actually put in a lineup from last week's suggestion so that we could see how it would have done. That was kind of a miss on our part. Maybe actually, I know we'll do one this week between the two of us. We'll text after the show so we can kind of get a gauge of how well this is going. But uh, I, I definitely think this, uh, you know, this week we'll put in a, a full lineup. So that being said, let's start with the quarterbacks. Um, I'll give my first. So I have mine broken down in high, low, and medium tiers. I'll start with my high tier is Patrick Mahomes. He's going against your Bears, and the Bears, to say that they have been bad against opposing quarterbacks this so far this season is an understatement. Their defensive coordinator just resigned under suspicious circumstances. I, I will leave it at that because we don't know the full story quite yet. Um, so to say that it's a mess on defense is, you know, Patrick Mahomes love, I think would love to have this kind of opportunity. Yeah, and I think it's really smart to target a player who's going against a defense whose coordinator just got canned by the FBI, basically. That's always a Yeah. We don't care to speculate, but that's the rumors are the rumors are dark about what he's fired fired from. So yeah, my only concern here is that the Bears are just so deflated right now that they're not gonna put up any sort of a fight. So this could be a Pacheco game, um, which would be interesting, but no. Patrick Mahomes Pacheco's, should have an excellent outing. Pacheco's questionable too. That's another another wrinkle Busy. for this week. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Wednesday, so the worst. <laughs> okay, just for the listener out there, low key, kind of the worst time to do a podcast is on Wednesday for injuries because everybody's questionable, and you won't know until at least Friday, like if those people are out definitively or not. So we just have to kind of go with what we speculate the injury to be. So like Pacheco is questionable right now, not practicing, but. Wednesdays are an off day for a lot of pe- a lot of players when they're kind of injured, so we won't even really know until after the podcast airs. So always check your injury reports on your uh, app. Yeah, and he was didn't he have shoulder surgery or was it he had some sort of thing in the off season? So maybe they're just trying to keep him fresh, not beat him up too bad. On Potentially. There. Yeah, no, I like Mahomes, man. Um, I think we both agree on this mid price guy here. Uh, it's Kirk Cousins. Uh, he's sitting at 6,900 and gets the juiciest matchup in the business against the Chargers here. They're allowing 356 passing yards per game, and Cousins is averaging 354 passing yards per game. Seems like a sign to me. I don't know. But this game should be an absolute score fest, and Vegas has the over-under at 54, so I am stacking this game very hard. 
Yeah, and just to say on that 54, nothing else is even close to 50 on the over-under for this week. So Vegas definitely thinks that this is going to be a shootout. It's currently a even uh, spread. So literally, I think this is just going to be a back and forth. It's going to be whichever team cannot blow the game. And I, I think Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw. Uh, recently today came, came acres, became a Minnesota Viking, which should tell you what they think about Alexander Madison. Uh, Ty Chandler will be involved, I think in the pass catching duties and look, they're going to have to throw to keep up with Justin Herbert. I, I believe with Eckler, maybe not even back for them. So yeah, I think this is the way to go. Justin Herbert's more expensive than cousins. That's kind of, I think why we were both saying cousins over Herbert, but you know, to each his own. Either one's going to uh, eat. It's because Kirk, Kirky's been an absolute force of nature at the quarterback well, position this year. So, yeah, I just keep riding. Him. No, no, I don't blame you. Um, all right, and then my last guy is uh, one of the low low guys on the totem pole right now, and that is C.J. Stroud. Look, Joe, I, I understand he's also questionable, by the way, so just uh, he was limited in practice on Wednesday, just so everybody – Make sure that this is not a questionable situation by the time you put this in. I'm sure you'll know. But, look, he threw for 384 yards last week, Joe. I mean, that's a lot. And for nobody that's paying attention, the Houston pass attack is filthy. Now, they can't win the game. That's the problem right now. But the 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 offense of Nico Collins, Tank Dell, all those guys, like even Robert Woods is kind of having a little bit of a resurgence. Like CJ Stroud looks like the real deal. And I think against a Jacksonville defense that's coming off of a bad game against uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think this is a good chance for CJ Stroud to get in the mix. And with him being at 5,300, if you wanted to punt on quarterback and go for bigger, you know, prices and other positions, I think CJ Stroud's the easiest way to go. Yeah, Stroud's a really good one. Uh, he looks great. I think he was the uh, only Ohio State quarterback to, what was it, 350 yards in the mm-hmm. league. There was some weird stat like that. But Stroud looks absolutely awesome. Gets a good matchup. You would assume that Jacksonville is going to look better on offense than they did last week. So it hopes. Well, that was it. weird. <laughs> that was really weird on there. But, uh, but no, man, I like that play a lot. My, my cheap guy I would throw in there would be Baker Mayfield. I mean – can we really go back to the well with this one for a second week in a row? <laughs> but uh, he's 5,300. Um, seven touchdowns have been thrown on Philly so far. I don't know if anyone's following this, um, but with Evans and Godwin, pretty affordably priced as well. It's not a bad stack, especially in a tournament. Baker's 5,300, so very affordable this, year, this week. For sure. And here's the thing. If Mike Evans can keep getting away with that push-off that he had, was doing quite a bit in that last game, against the Bears, if they're going to let him have it, I mean, he's going to eat. So, I mean, I mean, I don't know how many – they did call it a couple times against the uh, against him, against the Bears, but one of his big catches was like 60 yards. He pushed yeah. off like way – like it was an offensive thing to look at offensively. Like he, he pushed off. So. It was full extension for real. And that's – It was. That's supposed to be the textbook definition of a push-off. We'll see. It was – yeah, it was brutal. All right, on to running backs. Um, look, price guy is going to be Bijan Robinson. They're, he's getting more and more involved each week. Atlanta is a running team. Uh, the touches between him and Algier went way in Robinson's favor last week, and I think that may be a sign of things to come. 
I think the first week was kind of – I'm now thinking that the first week was kind of a, a mirage. Like, it was just kind of, mm, uh, we'll see. Um, and then this week is the actual Bijan that we'll see. Yeah. To pull a Josh Hall, I'm going to victory lap on that one. I said it was Bijan's backfield. I'm not going to – I'm not going to put too much time on that. But, no, if you were uh, redrafting right now <clears> – <throat> Are your running backs McCaffrey, then Bijan? Because I think mine are. Yeah. I mean, with Nick Chubb especially going down, I mean, that yeah, that would be the two. Maybe Eckler, maybe. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's Bijan, too. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that the other day, and I'm like, I don't think there's a safer play at running back, knock on wood, um, than McCaffrey and Bijan at the moment. Uh, for my high-end guy, I'm going to go Josh Jacobs versus Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh gave up 333 rushing yards in two games this year and three touchdowns already. Jacobs is playing 80% of the snaps. I know he set some kind of record. What was it, nine carries for negative two yards or something? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> something stupid. Um, this is a good bounce back week. He's getting all the snaps and uh, should be relatively low ownership with the struggles that he's been facing, but he's 7,000 on DraftKings. He is a man that I will have in my lineup this week. I like him. All right, I'll get through my next two pretty quickly. Brian Robinson's a 5,800. He's kind of my medium-tier guy. Look, the enemy is not splitting carries between him and Antonio Gibson, so Brian Robinson's the guy he's going to feast. He's actually getting a lot of pass-catching work too, which is not good at all for Antonio Gibson, so that's a good one to have. And then I'll just mention Roshan Johnson as my low-end um, the Bears making are making it seem like Roshan's going to get more and more involved with the offense. So you, if you're going to buy low on a guy or like try to put a low guy in your lineup to eat up some of that low potential, like Roshan could get in the end zone two times and he would pay for himself with 4,700. Yeah, I like Roshan. He he definitely adds a different element. I mean, uh, Herbert's very steady, has some big plays, but. Roshan's just exciting to watch, so I like that. Um, my mid-tier guy, which is only $300 more than my high-tier guy, is Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, the running backs this year have been burning the Jets through the air. They've had 22 targets, 18 receptions against them already. Um, the Jets' defense is going to play, and the Pats are struggling on offense, so I don't see this game getting out of hand to where you would see someone come in and just burn the clock. So Ramondre at 6,700 should be – Pretty easy to get to eight catches in this one. So that's three points in a PPR. And then uh, my low end is Jalen Warren versus Las Vegas. Uh, we're going to go with the PPR route again. Um, he is 4,900, but through two games, the Raiders have given up 17 receptions to running backs. And we saw how explosive Warren was with those. At 4,900, I'm going to take the cheap PPR points all day. I, I agree completely. And especially, I mean, the Jalen Warren thing is going to be weird all year, but hey, if he's going to be able to get those run after catches, I mean, it's all Pickett's good at it, apparently. I don't even um, think right. he's startable anymore. Uh, we'll get to that in the preview, but I agree. <laughs> okay. Wide, yeah. wide receiver Y, we both agree on the top guy, which is Justin Jefferson at 9,300. Look, it's going to be a shootout. Justin Jefferson gets at least 120 to 140 yards every game. Um would love to see him get in the end zone, Joe. I'm not going to lie. I'm starting to get a little uh, flashback of Julio Jones from, I think that was like 2016 or 2017. Well, the one year that he had like two touchdowns and like 2,000 yards. That was wild. And this is 
starting to feel like that. If he doesn't get in the end zone this week, I'm going to press the like Julio button. Um, Cooper is my mid guy. Uh, Amari Cooper is my mid guy with the Browns. I look Deshaun Watson isn't as good as he used to be, but he's still good enough to get the ball to Amari Cooper. Would love to see him get it more to Amari Cooper, but you know, again, without the running game, maybe you see that. And then my low guy at 3,600 to tank Dell for Houston. I think you're, this is the cheapest you're going to get him because I think after this week, when he blows up the Jacksonville secondary, then he's going to be more expensive. I love those. Um, I'm going to throw another high-end guy out there. It's Jamar Chase. Uh, he has 10 receptions for 70 yards and zero touchdowns. Don't freak out about it. Uh, okay. The Rams have shown that they are going to score. Uh, Higgins rebounded last week, so it's Chase's time this week, and he's 8,000, so you'll be able to create a pretty cheap lineup comfortably uh, with him in there. So you're uh, not worried like, about Browning, though, potentially. No Burrow, Jake Browning never completed an NFL pass. You're not worried at all. Burrow's going to play. I'm telling you, man, the script okay, writers, okay. Are, hey, that's script fine. writers that's are fine. in there. <laughs> okay. Are they okay. saying he's not going to play? I don't well, look at injuries the, until Thursday Friday. It's trending towards that direction, but um, they haven't officially ruled him out yet, I don't think. Okay, well, if he does not play, I still like Chase. I mean, he's one of the best wide receivers in the league, but for 8000 I will void that one on you there. On the cheap side, uh, it's clear they're trying to get Jonathan Mingo the ball. He had eight targets against the Saints, and now Seattle, who's going to score points in the game and who has gotten gashed by wide receivers. They've given up almost 500 yards and three touchdowns in two games. Uh, Mingo is also $3,400, which is unreal. And then Elijah Moore is 4,700. You cannot run on the Titans, but you can absolutely throw on the Titans. So Elijah Moore was targeted seven times in week one, nine times in week two. His 16 targets make him the 22nd most targeted wide receiver. And he's only one target behind Amari Cooper. So I think this is where we finally see them start to connect here. And this could be his breakout week. I don't disagree at all. I like like both of those options just with the chase one <laughs> that one i'm a little less worried about or a little more worried about but yeah. i don't know we'll see i'll go with you all right yeah for sure all right tight ends travis kelsey yes don't overthink it this is the time to pay up because the tight end position as a whole is a dumpster fire so you're either gonna punt and not get any points or just throw a hail mary and try to get some points from the low guy but you're probably definitely going to get something from Travis Kelsey this week. I think last week was kind of a warm-up. This week is when we finally see the old Kelsey come back. Yeah, I love Kelsey there. Um, I've got two. I got kind of a mid-range guy, Hunter Henry against the Jets. Uh, the Jets are not giving up many yards to tight ends, but they are giving up touchdowns. We saw Luke Shoemaker and Jake Ferguson score on them last week. So low yards and lots of touchdowns sounds exactly like a Hunter Henry dating profile. Um, so at 4,100, he's not the worst to throw in there. And then, um, if you guys want to get really sneaky here, Johnny Smith is $2,500 on DK. Pitts played 66% of the snaps in week two to Johnny 60%. And that was pretty consistent with how it was week one. The interesting part is Smith out targeted Pitts in week two after not getting a target in week one. So, I like the correlation there. They seem to want to get him involved. Um, Then you see that Detroit has given up 14 receptions for 175 yards and a touchdown. 
two tight ends for 18 DraftKings points a game. And then you look at that 2,500, I'm all about it. Okay, fair enough. I, I, I like that. Um, I'll also throw in, you mentioned him when you were talking just now, but Jake Ferguson is 3,600. I do think that Dak wants to get him more and more involved in the uh, offense for the Cowboys. The Cowboys offense is kind of a, a pickle. I don't really know how to describe it. It's not amazing, but it's good enough. I, I don't I don't know. I have not loved the the Cowboys offense. CD obviously went off last week, but and then we got some touchdowns finally because the first week we really didn't. But I can't say I'm like over the top happy with it. I would love to see them like finally have like a game where it's just normal. Maybe yeah. maybe that's how to describe it. Just a normal a normal game. game would be good. Not this that seventy points to ten scored against nonsense that we know is not going to continue. Yeah, that's just that's weird. Okay, you want to talk defenses real quick? Yeah, we can get on IDP. Absolutely. Um, I have the Titans. They are three thousand dollars against Cleveland. Um, we saw Deshaun Watson really struggle, so I think you get some sacks. I see. You Desha- I think Deshaun Watson screws up a couple times, so I do like the Titans. Plus, they're good against the run, and Mm -hmm. Jerome Ford, as much as we like him going forward, I don't know if this is the game for him. Probably not. For sure. And then everybody just pay up for the Cowboys because apparently they're super lucky at playing, and they're playing against Arizona, which isn't a great team. So who knows? That that might be a good way to go as well. Yeah. I don't hate that. Yeah. All right, that is DFS. Let's get on to IDP this week. Um, just kind of, we'll just kind of talk through some of the you know power players for this week. Some guys that we're kind of looking at that maybe are flying under the radar. Uh, one of the under the radar guys that I kind of want to start with was Harrison Phillips. I've kind of been watching him. Dalvin Tomlinson left uh, the Vikings, and so Harrison Phillips has finished or started in that role. Um, it. Apparently, if you have a DT specific spot on your team, he is actually doing quite a quite a bit good at that position for the Vikings, and he's you know having a really good season so far for uh, IDP purposes. No, he absolutely is, and you see Harrison Phillips, man, he twenty one tackles. That's that's crazy for defensive tackle, and the. The Vikings are blitzing almost half of the time. Like 49% of the time, they are blitzing the other team. So it's creating a ton of opportunities for him. I like that, Bill. Yeah, he is a good player. Joe, do you have anybody that you're looking out for this week? Uh, Well, I really want to see if uh, Daniel Hunter can continue this sack streak. Uh, He's got four in two games here, which would – you know, the pace of that is ridiculous, which won't happen. But I want to see that continue on that thread with the Harrison Phillips. Okay. Yeah. Um, another guy was I've been kind of monitoring is uh, Drake Jackson. Week one, he had a really, really good game where it was like 25 points. And then last week he just scored, you know, in IDP scoring a measly four points. He had a 28% snap percentage in the first week, a 40% snap percentage in the second week, three sacks in the first game, zero sacks, obviously, in the last game against the Rams. 
So I wouldn't panic on him just yet. I would not say he's startable, though. I think the week one situation with Drake Jackson was a little bit, you know, him playing above his skis, as you will. Yeah, we love Drake Jackson, man. Especially you. You've been hyping him up for a long time. Uh, One of the guys I'm looking at adding everywhere, um, if you have – there's a lot of snoozing on this one, but Kamon Wallace uh, for Arizona. Buda Baker with the hamstring went on IR, so you're getting a very valuable position there and a guy that's going to fill in and put up points for you. So especially with some weird stuff going on with DBs, he is a cheap guy to add and start four or five weeks for you. Yeah, no, that is a, a good a good choice. Plus, they're going to throw on him, so he's going to get plenty of chances to get some tackles. That's a good call. Um, I also want to mention, and I think the buy-low window might be over, but I want to mention Jordan Davis for Philly. He is an entire wrecker. Him and Jalen Carter are going to be just two of the best D-tackles in the league going forward, and – just the way that they've already started. I mean, they were all over Kirk Cousins, but Jordan Davis is a guy last week that we were talking about when we were talking about IDP. I was like, the window is closing quickly. You better get him now. And the window might be closed. He, he might be too expensive to buy at this point. But Jordan Davis is also somebody for the fight or for Philly that I think you're going to be able to, or need to go after because he's going to be a staple in that off or defense for, you know, years to come. Yeah, and Philly's allowing 49 rushing yards per game with those two at the helm. So be very worried when both of them are in the lineup starting a running back against them. Um, are we finally seeing the Bradley Chubb breakout with Vic Fangio going on? You know, here? I thought before the season it was going to happen. I went out and told everybody, hey, Bradley Chubb is the guy that you need to go after in this defense because Vic Fangio is coming in. So you know that he's going to have somebody that is going to eat on this defense. And it appears, I mean, given the first game was kind of mediocre, uh, just had four tackles, but the second game against uh, the Patriots, seven tackles, a sack, forced fumble. I mean, he was all over the place. Ironically, did not play as many snaps as he did in game one, but I think he is going to be, I think he's going to be a staple for the entire season. I think this was just what he's going to be. I think the first game was the fluke. Yeah, and we were very excited about that defense. So, you know, Fangio Sam in live action. He knows how to deploy them now. Um, I know I got a lot of shit talked on me in the Alpha Chat League when I traded. I forgot who I traded, but I traded for Bradley Chubb, and there was a lot of, like, question marks going on there. It's like, you watch you watch with Fangio. It'll happen there. But I, I just so. feel like people need to take into account that defensive coordinators matter. They mm-hmm. really, really matter for players. And – um, another guy that we, you know, have had on our watch list that we talked about it last week was Dennis Gardeck. I know nobody knew that guy's name before the season. He had two sacks in the first game and a third and another sack in the last game. And that's just simply a defensive coordinator coming in from Philly, ready to go using a guy. We did not know who it was going to be. Mind you, we were thinking it was going to be BJ O or no, not BJ Ojolari. The other, o- yeah, no, BJ Ojolari. It was, yeah. was going to be him. And it's not. It's Dennis Gardeck. And I know that, again, I know nobody knew that name. And he's probably maybe still on waivers, which if he is, your IDP uh, league is behind because he shouldn't be. But, look, he might. He appears to be a thing. They're going to use him. 
and the Arizona defense is going to be on the field quite a bit this season. So I would go, that's another guy I would go out and matter, but it matters who the defensive coordinator is because it puts these defensive players in positions that they might not have been in in the past. No, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, Gardak, I was able to get him in the Kings Classic Buckets League and very excited about that, um, which brings me to another guy. It's Camus Grugier-Hill, who is going to be starting in Carolina with Shaq Thompson. Uh, would he break his leg? Can't remember exactly what happened. Yes, to or something like but, a fibia or tibia or something. Yeah, yeah. so he's not playing this year. Uh, <laughs> I put in a waiver bid for him in the Buckets division, and Gary Davenport sniped him. $480 out of a $1,000 fab budget. Um, so he almost blew half of his budget on Grugier Hill. So the godfather, oh, yeah, the godfather of IDP is all in on this, and you guys should be too. No, that's, I mean, that's a good call because, I mean, that defense is really good. Now, I will mention, and everybody needs, we had a mention about this in our Discord today, but uh, Jeremy Chin, it's over. Evero clearly, Evero clearly does not want to use Jeremy Chin. And while we all think that he's a really good player, and while he may thrive in another situation that's not with the Panthers, this isn't it. Frankie Louvu is going to eat. He's a guy that you can start every week. Camo Grugier Hill, another guy you can start every week. Brian Burns, slow start, kind of injured, banged up. He's going to be fine. Jeremy Chin is not, though. Um, you need to see if you can sell him now. Maybe his name still carries enough weight for somebody in your league to want to buy. But if you if you have that opportunity, I would take it now because it's very apparent he's not going to be as involved this year as he's been in the past. Yeah, it's uh, I didn't anticipate this happening. I knew there were some sprinkles of it in the preseason, and we were like, uh oh. And then yeah, it's true. Um, really sad to see. It, it does. Okay. A uh, few more people I want to touch on real quick. I'll make it very quickly. I know we need to get out of here because we have the other show to go, but Dax Hill double digit points in two straight weeks. He's very strong. I know a lot of people were like, Jordan, they drafted Jordan battle. He's going to be the guy. It's not Dax Hill is that guy. They drafted him in the first round for a reason out of Michigan last, not last year, but the year before he is the guy. He's the guy you need to have there. He was looking good through two weeks. Uh, Hassan Reddick for Philly. He's got zero sacks through the first two weeks. I know there is a huge panic out there. I think he's just going to have to learn the new defensive coordinator scheme. The Gannon is in Arizona. We were just talking about Gardeck. Gardeck is getting the sacks that Hassan Reddick should have. That's just the scheme of it all. Hassan Reddick's going to be fine, I think, in the long run, but it is something to monitor. Um, and then I wanted to mention Kayvon Thibodeau as well. I look. I don't know why it's not going the same as it did last year for the Giants. It does not make much sense. They have a lot of the same players on that defense. It should be working. It's not. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Bobby Ogrecki is like the only real difference, especially on, you know, that line. So I don't I don't know why it's not working. But I still think you don't panic on Kayvon Thibodeau. You might be go, able to go buy him for cheap because he's not doing anything right now. Yeah, it's I don't I can't explain the Thibodeau thing, but I think that'll turn around. Hassan Reddick, you'd have to assume, is having trouble seeing between Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter right there. Yeah, so that he, could be. maybe it's a vision problem more than anything. Um, two guys I wanted to point out is Cameron Bynum playing the strong safety role. He's got ten tackles in one game, fifteen in this last one. 
really awesome. Uh, I assume people have picked up on that by now, but if they haven't, pick him up. And then you got Josh Metellus, who plays in the slot. Um, they have him right up against the line there, and he's been making some plays. So he got injured a little bit last game, but I would expect him to be back. It's an intriguing ad, especially if you need kind of a, you know, out of nowhere defensive back for your team. That's true. And then the two injuries that are kind of lingering, N'Kobe Dean uh, is out. Zach Cunningham looks to be in his position. Had a pretty decent game last week. It it could have been better, but I think that's just kind of the Zach Cunningham experience. And then C.J. Garner-Johnson, look, I think this means more for Kirby Joseph and Brian Branch, but you might be able to find Tracy Walker out there on the uh, waiver wire because people probably dumped him after C.J. Garner-Johnson. But, look, he might not be available. Maybe he's not on waivers anymore. But I think Tracy Walker has an, a, at least a chance to come back while C.J. G.J. is out. Yeah, and I could see them moving Branch more to that aggressive role, too, that CJGJ was playing. Um, the one guy I really want to bring up is is the Shaq Leonard and EJ Speed thing. Um, Shaq Leonard is done. I, Indy clearly yeah. is over this dude. EJ Speed had a gnarly sack last week. I can't remember if that one got called back or not, but he, uh, him and Zier Franklin are going to be very involved in this. And, I mean, we got to see what's going on with Leonard because he was a buy-low candidate for me this year. Everyone said he was going to be okay and all that stuff, and it, we're just not seeing it. So That's true. Okay, that's all we got for this week on the IDP front. Uh, please leave in the comments below any questions you have, any players you want us to talk about, any situations you want us to talk about, and we will be glad to add those in next week's episode. Um, but for the time being, Joe, get us out of here. Good night. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.